Good evening, everyone. How are you tonight? We're so glad that you're here with us. Let's all stand up together tonight. We're going to start our service the same way we always do. Let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and welcome Pastor Marty as he comes to read the word tonight. Come on, that was very weak and impotent. This is week 108. Is there anybody in the room that's been impacted by the kingdom of God? Listen, listen. You don't even have to have your Bible tonight. Just go ahead and step down into the altar area. Step out into the aisles. I will read the scripture for us. You just make yourself a posture of praise tonight. Who came with a song on their heart? Who came with expectation this evening? Who came saying, I am getting what I came for? Listen, we're going to get into the water in just a little bit. You're in for a treat tonight. Covenant Connections from Flowery Branch, Georgia, and Pastor David Edmondson's in the house. We'll get to that in a little bit. But this is our time to worship the King. So we want to close the doors, find ourselves a resting place for just a moment as we honor the reading of the Word tonight. Jeremiah 33, 3. One verse. Call to me.
he's good. And there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. So right now, before we take another step, we're just going to tell it by. We're saying bye-bye fear. We can't stay here. Cause look where I'm standing. We're saying bye-bye fear. You can't stay here. Cause look where I'm standing. We're saying bye-bye fear. We can't stay here. Cause look where I'm standing. We're saying bye-bye fear. You can't stay here. Yeah.
Can you say hallelujah in the house? Lift your hands. Come on, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who has already set you free. What you need to know is this song was penned, and you may know this, but for those of you that don't, this is important. This song was penned by an individual by the name of Brian Johnson. This is Pastor Bill Johnson's son from Bethel, Redding, California. And he penned this song during a time of battling severe and dark depression. You need to know that because this is a song of victory. This is a song of victory. That in the darkest hour, he cried out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he said, every chain has been broken. Already has been broken. Not that he will break it or he might break it or you have to beg him to break it or he'll think about breaking it. No, he said every chain has been broken. And so where the breakdown is, is that somebody failed to tell some of us this, that the chains in our life, guys, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you are in a blood covenant with him and his father, that means every chain has already been broken. So we have to step into that by faith. Depression is already broken. Oppression is already broken. Amen? Sickness is already broken. Mind games, they're already broken. So we're gonna go back into this and I, wanna, I want you to praise him out of that truth. Praise it. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know if I believe that they're broken or not. They are broken. They are broken. And sometimes we just have to look the enemy in the eye and say, I know, and I need you to know that I know that they are broken. Amen? So Christian and the team, they're going to go right back into this. And I want us to praise him. Listen. Listen to the part about his body beginning to breathe and that heart started to beat with the rhythm of heaven and he came alive defeating death hell and the grave so we're going to praise him out of that victory you praise him out of your spirit you praise him out of your heart and your mind will catch up with it all right if there's any doubt and unbelief your mind is going to catch up with it but step out in faith and let's praise him out of the fact that it's already been done come on let's worship him now let's go Seal the promise your buried body begin to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declare the grave has no claim on me
each other for just a moment. Go see somebody you hadn't seen in a while. Give somebody a high five. It's going to be a great night in the Lord tonight. Amen. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to week 108 of the North Georgia Revival. Ah, oh, thank you, uh, our worship team, for leading us. But more so than that, thank Jesus for being in the house tonight. Thank the Lord Jesus for being in the house tonight. Who is here for the very first time tonight? Let me see your hand. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for coming this evening. You're in store for a remarkable time, and those of you that have been here for uh, multiple weeks or perhaps your second week or more, things just continue to get better and better and better. I remember that old song that used to go that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Well, today, he's sweeter than he was yesterday. Tomorrow, he'll be sweeter than he was today. Hallelujah. So glad that you're here. Anybody here from out of state? Raise your hand. I want to see anybody from out of state. God bless you. Yeah. All right. Where are you guys? This section way over here to my left. Anybody out of state from way over there? How about this section right here? Yes. Texas. All right. What? Kansas. Alabama. Right here. Europe, New York. Wow, glad you're here tonight. Yes. Washington State. Wow. This is culture shock, isn't it? The sun is shining in Georgia. Is it raining all the time in Washington? That's what I always hear. Is it raining? Oh, but we're glad you're here. Are you going to get baptized? You've come 3,000 miles. You better get in that water. Jesus is going to touch you. Thank you for coming. Anybody else from out of the state right here? Yeah. Texas. Tennessee. All right. Praise God. Texas and Tennessee. Welcome. What part of Texas? Austin. Georgetown. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Anybody else in this section? Over here? Colorado. Wow. I love that. It's a beautiful place. Anybody else over here? Tennessee. What part of Tennessee? Okay, Murfreesboro. I know all about that area. That's a great place. Wow. Anybody from out of the country tonight? Anybody from out of the country? Wow. Yeah, where are you guys from? Brazil. Wow. Yeah. There's a move of God going on in Brazil. There really is. There's Todd White and 140,000 young people in a stadium. Uh, worshiping Jesus. There's a move of God happening all over the world. These are the greatest times to be alive right now. These are the greatest times to be alive. Jesus is pouring out his Holy Spirit. Wow. Let me give a couple of announcements that are very, 
crucial to the North Georgia revival. One is next Sunday, uh, Dr. Michael Brown will be with us here at the North Georgia revival. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Michael Brown. And this is the first person that we have had to speak into the revival from the Pensacola outpouring. And he, read, he, he led the Brownsville School of Ministry and, and did a phenomenal job training missionaries and pastors and leaders. And some of our own people here were in his school. So we're rejoicing in that. But he's going to be here next Sunday morning, next Sunday night, next Sunday night for the North Georgia Revival. I believe he may be one of the foremost and greatest thinkers when it comes to what God is doing on the planet in this end time. Whatever you do, Please make sure you're back next Sunday night as Dr. Michael Brown communicates to us what God is doing on the earth right now. It's going to be a pivotal seismic shift in the spirit. And then he will be back with us Monday night. We're going to have a special Monday night, uh, not a worship service, but two hours of intense teaching by Dr. Michael Brown from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Yeah. And that is our Caneo Ministry Training Center, opening it up to the community and to the public. We want you to come and be a part of that right here for two hours. We'll take a 10-minute break in the middle and give it back to him as he shares with us what he knows about what God's doing in the earth today. So don't miss any of those services going to be powerful. And then continue to pray for the North Georgia Revival. Now, one special announcement, David Hogan will be with us at a men's conference. In the middle of May, uh, you want to put that on your calendar. Pastors and leaders, bring your men here. Now watch this. We get him for two services on a Saturday. Saturday morning, or Saturday, I think it's Saturday morning, Saturday night. We have Dr. Uh, or, or David Hogan. He'll be with us Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then again on Monday. This is unheard of to have him for this many services. He will be with us five services. David Hogan, so don't, don't miss that. All right, I want you to stand your feet. Let's receive our offering this evening. Thank you so much for being get, uh, faithful in your giving. Pastor David Emmons is going to be bringing the word tonight. Pastor, can I have your can I have your books, please, right there? I want you to go to the merch table tonight, and Pastor David, you speak. Feel free to speak on this if you will. But I want you to go to the merch table out in the lobby, and uh, you'll see some resources that. That I have, and but one of the books I want to talk to you about very quickly is this book called Speaking in Tongues. Touch three people and say, now listen to what I'm about to ask you to do. Jesus expects you to pray in tongues. Touch three people and say it. stir up a religious devil I just did right there did I not well I'm not sure about that but I don't know I'm not sure about that I don't know if I, don't, if I agree with that I, you know I don't know that is that Bible I just want to read it in red For Jesus said that the believing ones ask your neighbor are you a believing one and say, get an answer. If they go, yeah, okay, then this scripture is for you. Jesus said that the believing ones shall speak in tongues. Do you realize it was the 
number one gift, the first thing that he did for the church when the Holy Spirit came, gave them the supernatural ability to communicate with him in a supernatural language. Jesus' own mother, Mary, prayed in tongues. I need Bible. She was in the upper room. And they all spoke in tongues. The writer of two-thirds of the New Testament spoke in tongues. It is listed as a part of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says, praying always in the Spirit. How many battles is the church lost? Because we have neglected, overlooked, bypassed, shunned, mocked, ridiculed, minimized, prayed in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says that when you pray in tongues, you speak mysteries unto the Lord. I want to encourage you to grab this book, Speaking in Tongues. And while you're out there, I'm telling you, Pastor David, when I circled the earth, 2010. This is the book that I took with me. I don't know if I ever read a book with more revelation than this devotional book for those 28 days. Every page is dripping with the presence of God. I don't say that about every book. This book I do. If you have to get one, get the forming process. It will wreck your life in a good way. And then, my Lord Jesus, Pastor, this one right here, the prodigal father. Thank you for sharing the story. I gave him an assignment the other day about another book he's supposed to write on that message he preached last time. I said, the Lord just said, you're supposed to write it. And then the Joshua generation, get all three of these, would you please? All right, let's receive our offering tonight. Thank you so much for being faithful in your giving. That's around $4,000 a night to, to do the revival. And we took up uh, offerings in January, every offering, over $300,000 went to missions and going to missions in 2020. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Mm -hmm. Pastor Don, I, I just had fun asking Miss Sherry to write a check for $2,000 to a missionary in China, Joab. Just, we just had fun with that, just knowing that he needed it. And, you know, the, the CV-19 virus that is happening in China, church is not able to meet in a public gathering, and so they're doing it all online, and churches are suffering because uh, they don't have opportunity to collect offerings. We sent another $3,000 check to a missionary in China, an American missionary in China, just trying to keep him going, keep preaching the gospel in the midst of this, this incredible uh, sickness and and wouldn't it be great if the power of God sits down in China when the men and women of God began to preach the kingdom of healing and wholeness. That the John G. Lake anointing would come on them and say, just put the CV-19 virus on my hand and watch it die. That much anointing in a body. Those days are returning to the church. So thank you for giving. And we're helping missionaries around the world. Hmm. So let's give tonight. There may be an individual that like to underwrite an entire service. It's about $4,000, your church, whatever it is. We have that from time to time. That allows us uh, to get ahead. We appreciate that and to do some things.
things. We just purchased two expensive pieces of equipment for every pool to, uh, to knock out, to kill every ounce of bacteria possible. We already had probably the most state-of-the-art system up to, to the next level because people are desperate. And you tell them Jesus is meeting them in the water and you say, well, I can't get in because of this condition. There's, we say you can't get in. They don't care. They hide their condition to meet him. Sort of like the poor tore off the roof. You tell me Jesus is inside and you're saying, ushers, I can't get in. And I got a guy that's paralyzed and he's going to die. You're telling me I can't get to him. They will not obey the rules. If you're dying, I don't think you're going to obey the rules. If Jesus is inside somewhere, you're going to say, if he's there, I'm scratching, I'm crawling, I'm climbing my way through, I'm pushing people out of the way because I've only got one life to live. And if I heard he can touch me, I'm coming. So everything's great in the water. It was, but we just went to the next level. I don't know how many, I didn't even check the invoice. I don't even want to know, but I know it is expensive. But we do that to take every precaution physically that you can help us with that. That would be we good. So let's give. You can text to give. Those are at home. You can text to give as well. Uh, so Father, we love you and bless you. Thank you, Lord, that we are a reckless people that will give recklessly. That we will give God generously. You love a cheerful giver, Lord. Not just someone that laughs when the offering plate goes, but Lord, the original language said you love a prompt giver. That when you speak, they give immediately. And so I thank you for the promptness. I thank you, Lord, for our people are prompt in giving, that when you touch their heart, they give. And the heavens are opening up over their lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen, amen. Before you're uh, seated, touch your neighbor and say, get ready for the word tonight. I'm inviting my wife, Karen, back to the platform for a brief testimony. And uh, then Pastor David will come and share the word. So would you welcome my wife, Karen? Christine, come on up to the platform. This is Christine Kaylock. Give her some walking clap while she comes. <laughs> you know, we like to share testimonies in the house because we know that the Hebrew word for testimony, it means to do it again. So when we tell testimonies and we share testimonies, it gives the Lord platform. It sets atmosphere for him to do it again. So Christine is a year one Caneo student and she shared her testimony a couple of times, but one night specifically in class. And then really briefly, a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Marty and the team baptized her over here in pool one. And the more I thought about it, I said, you've got to tell that to the entire congregation. So she's going to take just a couple of minutes to tell you about this. So this is just an unusual situation. But watch how God uh, just went beyond uh, all the normal, uh, all of normalcy that we know it and touched uh, two people in her life. Okay, y'all, I'm not used to this, so just bear with me. So I just want to give y'all a little bit of background. I'm from L.A., Lower Alabama. So, but I've been in Georgia for a long time, and about three, four years ago, well, it was May of 2016, I'll never forget it, my mom called me and she said, I've got bad news, I've got breast cancer. Well, at the time, they did not do a PET scan, and it had already metastasized to her hip. So a year later, and through radiation, she had hip replacement surgery. 
and you know she didn't have still wasn't on chemo and it was still you know slowly declining so um then august of 2018 my husband comes to me and he says honey i don't feel good i have problems with my abdomen and i'm gonna call the doctor to make an appointment well if you know my husband steve kalock that is not he never calls the doctor i've seen him cut himself and he needs sutures and he'll put a band-aid on it so it's not like him to call a doctor so he did and the doctor the gastroenterologist uh, said i think it's diverticulitis but at the last minute he said let's do a ct scan so they did a ct scan and it came back with an enlarged liver and spleen well what does that mean we didn't know so during that time joanne and andy holbrook joanne painted this lovely lion at the white house there it's amazing they had been just pouring life into me because they knew that i was suffering because my mom and i are so close we people say that we're joined at the hip i mean we finish each other's sentences so i was struggling with that and joanne just i saw a change in her i mean it was just such a change she's like christine you've got to come to the north georgia revival you've got to come to christ fellowship and i was like okay okay so this was from august to december we were trying to figure out what was wrong with my husband we had no idea so i came to the north georgia revival on december 23rd 2018 and i got baptized i wasn't planning on it um, because i thought well i've always i was baptized as a child i don't need to be baptized again but then i started feel, hearing more about it and understanding it more so i got baptized uh just for, for peace and just you know i wanted god just to be part of my life again because i had struggled and strayed and slip backslid so January 2019, we got the diagnosis. My husband had stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, of course, I was like devastated, shocked, but I had been coming here and I knew that God was gonna heal him. I just felt God was gonna heal him. And I had this peace. Well, April of uh, 2019, last year, my mom, uh, cancer her you know stage four breast cancer is what they diagnose it had uh, metastasized to her liver and it was the size of a tangerine so of course I'm just still praying but I'm you know just obviously you know just saddened by this whole thing and the whole time Andy and Joanne I stayed at their house like you know they were ministering to me and just lifting me up well may of 2019 a girl from idaho came to get baptized it was a long line of people getting baptized and i decided i wanted to get baptized again because i wanted the baptism of the holy spirit because that wasn't taught where i was raised so i was in the back and we were waiting and she was sitting there and she said christine so I, you know I've got the gift of gab, so if I've got any gift, I, so I started talking to everybody in the line. And so she said that she was coming back in August. And I said, well, why don't you just stay at my house? I didn't know her, I just like, stay at my house. So she did. And I told her about, you know, she met Steve, of course, and I told her about my mom. Um, so in June, right before, 
you know, she came that summer. So she was here in May. So in June, my mom was dying. Like it was, it was final. I called my husband from Alabama and I said, my mom's dying. I said, you're gonna have to make other arrangements, get your sister and your mom to take you to chemo because I can't take you to chemo. I've got to stay here. So she made it through. I was, it was a miracle she made it through. August, Shalia comes, Shalia Cafferty from Idaho. She has her aunt and her aunt's friend. They all stay at my house. Well, as I didn't go to the North Georgia Revival that night um, because Steve wanted me to stay with him. So Shalia walks out the door and now she's walking out. She said, I'm gonna stand in for your husband and your mom. And I'm like, really? I'm like, um, maybe I should have thought of that. You know, sorry, mom, sorry, Steve. So um, she did and I, Steve got to see it. It was like live, we, he got to see it. Okay, so September, he had a PET scan. So this was August, September, he had a PET scan no cancer. It gets better. It gets better. So my mom was supposed to have a PET scan in November, but because of insurance reasons, she had a insurance change. So they pushed it off to January because they're weird about getting PET scans. So January of this year, my mom got a PET scan, no cancer. Jesus, it's all the Lord. Stand to your feet and give the Lord glory. Only he can do it, amen. He did it for them, he can do it for you, amen. Welcome Pastor David Edmondson with the word of God tonight to the platform as he comes. Glory to God. Amen. God is good. How do you follow that? Amen. God is so good, so good, so good. I'm going to set this little thing up here for me, so just give us just a second, if you don't mind. Um, That'll work. Praise the Lord. God is good. I got I'm gonna use I'm gonna use my hands a little bit. Um, I'm actually doing this because I had on I had on put like one right here on my pulpit. Uh, I guess it's been a couple years ago now, because I get excited. If you've never heard me preach or anything, I, I kind of get excited. And I'll start walking around too much, and and people say I start yelling too much and screaming too much. So I figured if I got something to keep me behind the pulpit, maybe maybe I won't get so excited. Um, but uh, so we're gonna try it. Not 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 positive it'll work, but it it kind of helps me a little bit. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use my hands some tonight. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for uh, night 108 of the North Georgia Revival. We praise you for that, Lord. And God, we thank you that for all that you've done, all these wonderful testimonies that we hear, 
God, it's just you. It's just because you're good. It's because you're good, and it's because that's our covenant with you. And God, we, we ask you tonight to, to speak to us through your word and uh, inspire us and, and teach us and, and do what only you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles with me, I want you to turn to First uh, Kings chapter 13. First Kings chapter 13 is where we're going to go tonight. And I want to speak to you from a subject. I'm going to be very focused uh, tonight. I'm going to stick a good bit to my notes because uh, I've got some things that I want to say to you. I'm going to build a foundation for you. And so I, I, I can't, listen, the most important part of a, of a structure is the foundation. Is that right? Because if you don't have a good foundation, then, then whatever you build on top of that is going to fall. So you can't sleep during the foundation, okay? Sometimes it's informative and, and, you know, sometimes it's redundant because you already know it, but you cannot sleep during the foundation, amen? And so I want to give you some good foundation tonight and then speak what the Lord would have us to speak. But I'm going to talk, if you're taking notes especially, I'm going to talk from the subject tonight, the church with the withered hand, the church with the withered hand. Now, I'm going to be speaking to you tonight, but I'm also going to be speaking into the atmosphere. I'm going to be speaking into these cameras because I know by the Spirit of God that there are pastors and leaders and ministers that are watching right now, that are going to be watching, that are watching by Facebook, the ISN network, whatever, and God is going to speak to you tonight. He's going to speak to the people in this room tonight. And I believe God's going to speak to you so uh, so intently, so intensely that you may have to run and find a bathtub somewhere and jump in it just to get in the water, to, to be a part of what God's doing in this place because it's going to flow into you. But I, I know that God has given me a word and, and, and I'm excited, but I'm going to speak to you and I want you to receive what God is saying to the church that's you that's you and I and and as a pastor I've been in this thing not as as much as most of these pastors but uh October was 20 years that Stephanie and I have been pastoring 20 years in last October and so just just amazing that Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen believed in a 25-year-old young man and woman who had never pastored, never been on staff before. I had my own tile business, and I'll never forget. I always thought I would be an evangelist or something, and we we rented out South Hall Community Center on New Year's Eve one time, and we did a big event playing basketball and all this kind of stuff, and I'll never forget we were sitting in the stands uh, you know, and and I guess we must not, we couldn't have got beat. So we maybe we were taking a break. I don't know, but we were sitting in the stands, and Pastor Todd said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna we found that the fastest way to evangelize the world is to plant churches." And this is before you really ever heard of planting churches. And he said, uh, "We're gonna plant a church in Dahlonega, Georgia, and we want you and Stephanie to pastor that church." I had never desired to be a pastor, never even thought about being a pastor. But the moment he put that seed in me, 
that seed is for 20 years has been producing. And so I'm telling you, there's power in words. There's power in words. And so I thank God for that. But I, I'm a pastor. I love the church. So I don't want to come across as being, uh, you know, mean or, 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 you know, judgmental. I'm going to speak this to us because I believe God's going to transition some things in the body of Christ. Okay? And so that's why I want to deal with this. The church with the withered hand. Let's, let's read 1 Kings chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1. They'll put it up on the screen for you. It says, Behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the man cried against the altar. And by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, Thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who makes offerings on you. A human and human bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. So let me tell you what's happened here. Jeroboam is offering uh, sacrifices on the altar of Dan. It's, a, it's an idol that he created. It's not in the, in the house of God. It's an, it's an altar unto an idol. He's now got the Jewish people offering sacrifices to this idol. The one that he said was the one that got him out of Egypt and done all these mighty miracles for him. He now has them worshiping this idol. He's at this altar of this idol, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon a man, sends him into it, and he curses the idol, the altar. And he says, here's going to be the sign. Human bones are going to be on you, and their ashes are going to be on you. And the high priest, which is Jeroboam, the one that he's standing there with his hand on the, on the, on the altar, he said, there's going to be somebody rose up in the house of David, Josiah, and he's going to destroy the high priest of this house, which is Jeroboam at that time. Everybody got it? Now watch this. Verse 4. And when king, the king heard the saying, when Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, he cried against the altar at Bethel. Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar saying, seize him. Seize him. Does everybody see it? And his hand, King James Version says, his hand withered. In this version it says, he said, seize him, and his hand, which he stretched out against the man of God, dried up. It withered, so that he could not draw it back unto himself. And the altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said unto the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored unto me. And the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored unto him and it became as it was before. 
Now, just a little foundation, a little history here. Jeroboam means the people contend. It means the one who pleads or gathers the people. Now, what's important about Jeroboam is Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel. And what happened was King Solomon was, was, was king over the children of Israel, and he was taxing the people. Now, if you know anything about King Solomon, he loved the Lord. He was a man of great wisdom, but he inherited not only the wisdom and greater wisdom of his father, but he also inherited his father's demons. He was uh, just like King David in the sense of he had many wives. He had a he had an issue. He had a, a lust issue. He had seven hundred wives. So not only did he have a lust issue, he was an idiot. 700 wives, 300 concubines, this joker was a glutton for punishment. And so Solomon had these same issues. He had, he had 300, uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines, and when he built the, the, the house of God, he did it very elaborately. Well, in those times... Uh, Solomon had taken Jeroboam and he had made him uh, over his tribesmen and he had made him to build the fort, uh, a fort of Milo there in Jerusalem and uh, uh, other public works. And he became conversant with the widespread discontent caused by Solomon's extravagant living. His many wives and Solomon began to seek other gods. And this made Jeroboam very mad, okay? So Jeroboam rose up against Solomon. Well, if you know anything about kingship, when you get mad at the king and he gets mad at you, uh, somebody's got to go. So Jeroboam flees to Egypt so to save his life from King Solomon. The story goes on as I hasten through this. Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam becomes king. Once Rehoboam becomes king, Jeroboam says, I'm going to go back to, to my land because that's where I want to be. I want to be amongst my people. So he goes to his land and he gathers the people and they said, look, we're tired of being taxed. Okay, he said, so go to Jeroboam and see if he will lower the taxes that are on us. Now watch this, it's very important you get this. So Jeroboam goes to Rehoboam and he says, look, the people are tired of being taxed by your father Solomon. Now that you are, you are king, will you lower our taxes? Watch what Rehoboam does. Rehoboam first seeks the counsel of the older men of the kingdom. And he goes to the older men of, excuse me, the kingdom, and he says, look, what should I do? Jeroboam's come to me asking me to release the tax of the people. And the older men advised him, listen, if you will lower the tax of the people, you will have their trust. They will be with you because they will see that you have their best interests at hand. Well, then Rehoboam did something that I wouldn't advise you to do. Instead of taking the counsel of the older men, he went and took counsel from the young men that he grew up with. 
And the young men that he grew up with said, this is what you tell them. You tell them, you think my father Solomon was hard on you? I'm going to be even harder on you. And so what happened was Jeroboam and the people said, look, we're not going to take this. And so they, 10 of the 12 tribes split off and formed the northern kingdom of Israel. Are you here? And so, so Jeroboam uh, is now king over these 10 tribes, okay? And Jeroboam is king over the 10 tribes. Rehoboam is king over Israel. Are you with me? The two kings both did something that, that, that you should not do that I see going on in the house of God that I want to allude to and, and point out just for a second. Jeroboam began to promote commoners and young men into priestly offices. He began to promote commoners, not the Levites, not the, not the, the worshipers that God chose, not the uh, ironic priesthood people, but just common people. He began to promote them into priestly offices. What does that have to do with us today? What it has to do with us today is we are, we are functioning this same way. We are ordaining people. Do you know you can go online right now with some of the largest denominations, Pentecostal denominations, Baptist denominations, Methodist denominations, and never go to school, never meet these people. You can go online right now, pay $50, and get ordained into ministry. No accountability. They don't know who you are. They just You just pay the money and you get promoted. This is what Jeroboam did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. After he began to promote people that was outside of God's choosing, he began to seek counsel from youth. I debated on even dealing with this, but I do want to deal with it. Because I believe that God is going to raise up and restore the voice of the elder men and women back into the house of God. Now I want to tell you something. We fill our we fill our stages, and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm, listen. I'm not. Thank God for young people, and we need to treat we need to see the gifts in young people and 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 and, and love on those young people. But we also got to stick by the Word of God. Do you know in the word of God, you could not even serve in the house of God till you were at least 20? Well, don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. You could not serve in the house of God till you were at least 20, and you could not be a leader in the house of God till you were at least 30. You could not be a warrior in the, in the Israeli army until you were at least 30. They would not put you into combat till you were at least 30 because they had to try your, your commitment first. And it really has nothing to do with age. It has more to do with experience. 
Because we got a lot of people trying to lead us in worship, and, and they're, they're, they're saying that God is good, but they hadn't been through anything to really know if God is good. And I believe God is going to restore the voice of those 70-year-olds and 75-year-olds and 60-year-old men and women who, when they say God is good, they've tried him. They know what it's like to be in a situation where they had no hope and God showed up. I thank God for the youth, and you've got something to say, but we cannot push away the wisdom of our elderly people. And it's like we don't want our elderly people uh, on stage anymore. We don't want them, you know, we, you know, us old people can play drums. You know what I'm saying? Us older people can sing too. We can play the guitar too. You know what I'm saying? We, we can sing too, but we're, we're after an image. And, and when you seek after an image, it's called idolatry. I'm going to get you. I'm about done with my foundation so I can preach to you. But this was the downfall of Jeroboam. And at the same time, Rehoboam was doing the same thing. The worst thing he could do was not yield to the counsel of the elderly men and seek out the counsel of the young men. Are you here? We must be we must be careful promoting people too quick. I don't want people leading me that don't even know, can't even decide what they want for breakfast. They're trying to decide if they're going to marry somebody they're dating, but yet they're telling me how to, how to, how to be successful in life. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you. We got to be careful in promoting people. And it's not just for us, it's for them too. The worst platform you can ever be on is one you're not prepared for. Y'all waiting on me to preach, I'm preaching already. And so that's the two major things they did. Promote people that wasn't worthy of promotion and seeking counsel from the young people. Are you here? And now that I made you mad... That brings us to our scripture on our foundation. The word of the Lord, when you see a prophet speak, when you see somebody delivering the word of God, you got to understand to us, it is symbolic of the word of God. Are you here? They didn't have the written We're reading about them because they are the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when somebody comes to prophesy, when this guy comes with the word of God, it is symbolic to us as the word of God. Are you here? And so what happened was the word of the Lord came to Jeroboam as he worshiped at the altar of, of his God, Dan. And instead of heeding to the word of God, Jeroboam stretched out his hand to come against the word of God. He stretched out his hand to come against the word of God. And in that moment, Jeroboam came against God's word over his life and his hand began to wither. Now, what you got to understand about the hand is the hand is symbolic in spiritual terms for many things. Access. You access things by your hand. Effectiveness. 
is symbolic by the hand. Your ability to reach others, your authority. The hand of authority, the sign of authority is the right hand. The hand of blessing is your hand. Are you with me? Your ability to hear God. Your ability to obey God. So what happened was when King Jeroboam came against the word of God, when he, when he didn't heed to the word of God, his access withered. His ability withered. His ability to hear God's word, voice withered. His ability to do what God asked him to do withered. I'm here to tell you shepherds and leaders and pastors and mentors, the more we stray from the truth of God's word, the less access we have to God's presence, the less effectiveness we become. Our abilities become hindered. Our authority is weakened. Our ability to hear the Holy Spirit becomes ambiguous. Our obedience to his word withers away. We are standing at a time where we as the church are reaching for people with withered hands. Limited access, limited authority, limited wisdom. Why? Because we are not trusting, seeking after the word of God. Oh, we have a form of godliness, a form of the word, but we don't know what the true word of God says. When we can stand and believe when presidential candidates get on national television and promote their lifestyle that is against God's word, but they say it is God's word, and we begin to go, oh, well, is it God's word? Is it really God's word? We don't know because we haven't been preached. We haven't been taught because we're more worried about filling our pews and taking up our offerings and building our buildings that we have stretched our hand against the word of God. We have withered and we don't even know it. Zechariah eleven seventeen says, Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May a sword strike his arm and his right eye. May his arm wither away and his right eye go blind. When we stray against the truth of the word of God, when we compromise God's word, my God, God says, Woe unto the shepherds. I'm calling out shepherds and leaders and, 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 and God's men and women. Stand on the word of God. The word of God will never fail you. The word of God will never leave you. The word of God will do what nothing else can do. Thank God for his word. I'm doing better than y'all letting on. The 21st century church has become a fig tree church of Matthew 21, 20. We become a fig tree church. We look good on the outside, but we're not producing the fruit that we should be producing on the inside. And it begins with our foundation. It begins with our root system. If I have taught you this, then please uh, uh, allow me to be a little redundant just for a moment to prove my point. Jesus looks over and sees a fig tree, and your Bible said the fig tree had leaves on it. And so Jesus went over to get fruit from a fig tree. 
And your Bible says, but it was not yet time for fruit. And I never understood that, and I never understood why Jesus cursed it. But he cursed it because a fig tree is different than any other tree. Most trees produce leaves and then fruit. They do that because the leaves will protect the fruit from the elements. But a fig tree is different. A fig tree always produces the figs first and the leaves second. So when Jesus looked at the fig tree and saw that it had leaves, he thought to himself, well, since it's got leaves, it must have fruit. He gets over there because they talk a good game. They, they, they put on Facebook that they got the power. They got it on their website that they got the anointing. And so I must go over there because the leaves look right. But so often people come and we, we don't have what we, what we told them we had. They come in with cancer. We can't get them healed because we don't know if it's God's will or not. Because we're debating on what's God's will. Is it God's will to heal or is it not God's will to heal? They want power. They want authority. We lay hands on them and nothing happens because we don't know if the baptism of the Holy Ghost died out with the last apostle or the, or the finishing of the New Testament creed. We don't know. We got leaves that say we know. But when they come, where is the fruit? Jesus came to the fig tree wanting to eat from it because it was saying to him, I've got fruit. He gets over there, there's leaves, no fruit. So he looks at it and he cursed it. Now watch this. Jesus is the word. John said in the beginning was what? The Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word was Jesus. It was manifested in bodily form as Jesus. Watch this now. Jesus comes over and the fig tree's jacked up. It's messed up. Its whole root system, its foundation is messed up. And I'm here to tell you, I love the church. I, I die for the church. I give my life for the church. But we are messed up. When we are allowing the people to dictate what we preach, we are messed up. We are messed up. When I'm more worried about what you got in your pocketbook than I am worried about what you got in your heart, we are messed up. When I'm more worried about getting something from you than I am getting the word to you, we are messed. We are messed up. And Jesus looks at the fig tree and says, you're jacked up. Nobody will ever eat fruit from you again. Now, the word of God pronounces something over him and then walks away. And the further the word got from the tree, the drier it became. The further the word got from the tree, the more withered it became. And it was so mind-blowing. It happened so quickly. That when they came back the next day, the disciples said, oh my God, look at the fig tree. It's dried from the root up. 
Well, how do you know? How do you know that it's dried from the root up when the root is in the ground? Because when you begin to wither, God will expose. I know y'all ain't going to shout. And I don't care. I don't care if you write on Facebook, oh, God's a great word tonight. Pastor David preached his songs. I'm tired of that mess. That's what's got us here. I want to preach you the word of God because the word of God is a light unto your feet. It is a lamp unto your path. The word of God is your strong tower. The word of God will save you in the midnight hour. The word of God will heal your body. I ain't got, listen, I'm tired of 12 steps and five steps and seven steps to effectiveness. God hadn't called me to preach on how to have a good marriage. God hadn't preached, called me. He didn't die for me to preach on how to have a great sex life this is what's being preached in our church God called me to preach the word of God the word of God will handle your sex life I'm sorry that's just the way I am at Covenant Connection Church amen I ain't got to worry about fornication if I get the word in you. Because the word will find you. My God, in the midnight, when you're about to do something risque, when you're about to look at something you shouldn't look, you won't hear Pastor David. But the word will find you. The word will find you. <laughs> Woo! I'm I lied to y'all. I told you I was going to be calm. Thank God for the word. It's food. It's nourishment. I don't care what a preacher thinks about what I should do. I'm tired of, I don't know how to dig it. I want to dig. Shedabahaya. I might as well pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know how deep I want to dig this thing. Listen, every time Jesus, the Word, distanced himself from the disciples, they, got, they, they fell into storms. They fell into doubt. They forgot the miracle of the loaves. They always retracted back to where they were. And all it took was the Word to be distant. But then when the word come walking on the water to them, the word spoke peace. The word commanded the storm to be still. The word had power. Why do we not have, y'all young people mad at me because I'm talking about young people. I saw that look in some of y'all face. Why do we not have power? Because we don't have the word in church. We, 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 we've got a formula. We've got opinions. We don't have the word. I'm going to tell you why. Quit, Pastor Marty, you loving it. I'm going to tell you, Ebo, why we don't have the word. Because the word will cut. The word will correct. The word will rebuke. 
And I stand before my congregation every Sunday, and I can preach like this to them. You know why? Because they know Daddy loves them. They know I love them. I don't come. I don't come to beat them up. I love them, and I believe in them. And I, I, I'm create. I, I'm building up warriors. I'm building up kingdom men and women. I ain't got time to sissify the word of God. I gotta be bold with this thing. I gotta tell you like it is. Cause when you go to reach for your destiny, I don't want your hand to be short. I don't want your hand to be withered. I want you to be able to reach out and grab a hold of what God has for you. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hand. Good God Almighty, I feel him. Let me get through this. Love you. I love you. They don't know by my my people know, and your people do, and your people. We believe in you. We believe in you. I believe in you enough to tell you, if you're running out into the middle of I-75 at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I love you, I'm not going to give you eight points on how to cross the freeway. I'm going to say, hey, dummy, don't go near the road. Thus saith the Lord, big truck coming. Well, how dare you question my judgment? You can't judge me. The Lord told me to cross 75 at 8.30 in the morning. I guarantee you the Lord didn't say that. His word says, if any man lack wisdom. Now you acting stupid. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Jesus gives a parable about... The word of God being sowed, right? The word of God being sowed. In one spot it says, when, when, when the word of God fell upon the rocks, having sprung up, it withered because it had no moisture. Well, we know that water and moisture, liquid, is symbolic of the spirit. And see, we need the two things in the body of Christ. We need the word. See, my job is not to dictate what kind of life you live. My job is to get up and just throw the seed. I just throw the word. Your job is to determine if you're going to be good ground or not. That's your job. That ain't the preacher's job. Quit blaming your pastor. I just don't feel it anymore, you know. I've been here three months, and it doesn't feel the same. Pastor just doesn't have, he just doesn't have it. There must be something going on in his life. Maybe some adultery or something. 
but it's, it's just not the same. I think God's calling me somewhere else. It's not the pastor's job to determine what soil you are. It's his job just to cast the seed, just to throw the word. But we got to have the spirit to seal the deal. Do you know why God is using this move, this revival? Because we protect the word. Every service, these pastors, these ministers, we labor for you to bring you a word. You don't hear some regurgitated, some, 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 somebody else's sermon that we heard and it was good. What you hear is something that was labored over and fought over and lived out just for you. We give you the word of God. We give you the truth of God. And sometimes it's bold and sometimes it's strong and sometimes it's hard. But we cast the word to you. And then you grab it and we don't let you leave until we add a little water to it. We add a little spirit to it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We refuse for it to fall on stony ground where there's no moisture. I got to wrap this thing up. John 15, 6 says, He who does not abide in me shall be cast forth as an unsound branch and shall wither. Shall not abide in me. He's the word. If we don't live in the word, we're going to wither. Are you here? Listen to me. If we will turn back to entreating the word of God, our hands of effectiveness will grow back. Our hands of authority will be restored again. I love when Paul was in prison. He was in prison. He didn't know if he was going to die or not. And they said, Paul, what can we do for you? Man, I love this. Pastor Karen, you're going to love this right here. He said, he said, bring me my letters and my parchment. He could ask for anything. He didn't say, bring me Pizza Hut. He didn't say, bring me uh, affection. He didn't say, bring me money. He didn't say, put money on my books. He didn't say, he said, bring me my letters. Guess what his letters were? And guess what his parchments were for? To write more letters. Here's what he was saying when he was in prison. What do you need, Paul? Just bring me the word. My God, all I need is the word. That's why the enemy don't want you reading it. I just don't understand it. But he don't want you to read it. Let me close in this here. The story with the man with the withered hand in Mark chapter 3. You guys can go ahead and. You gonna bring you bring that <clears throat> story of the man with the withered hand? I, I think it's very ironic. In Mark chapter three and verse one, it says, "And again, Jesus entered the synagogue. Where was he? In the church. He went into the house of God, and a man was there with a withered hand." Good God, I feel the anointing of God. 
in the house of God, here was men full of potential, dreams, but they were stricken to the point they couldn't grab it. And the Word of God walks in the house. Watch this. And they watched the Word. They watched Jesus. They watched Him. See, the Word of God is alive. You should be able to see it. They watched Him to see whether He would heal Him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse Him. Now watch the Word. The Word don't give a flip if you're trying to imprison it. If you're trying to kill it, the Word is still going to do what it was created to do. Watch this. So they watched. And Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. I read that and the Lord said, You tell my people, I'm saying to them, restore your effectiveness I want us to restore your potential Psalms 1 1 through 3 says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly standeth in the way of sinners or sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the river of living water and bring forth his fruit in his season and his fruit shall not wither Lastly, stand to your feet. Listen to this. Ezekiel is prophesying about the eternal heaven, the eternal glory. Are you here? Listen to me. He's prophesying God lets him see the eternal heaven. And he sees the river of life. And in Ezekiel 47, 12, it says all kinds of trees providing food will grow along both sides of the bank of the river of life and their leaf shall not wither and their fruit will not faint. Now watch this. Each month they will bear fresh fruit because the water comes from the sanctuary. My businesses are blessed because of what comes from the sanctuary. Y'all didn't get it over here. Let me go over here. My family is blessed. My, my fruit is blessed. My family is blessed because of what comes out of the sanctuary. My hand is healed because I've been in the house of God where the water is and where the word is. And that is the picture of eternal heaven.
So if we'll fall in love with the Word of God again, if we will allow the Word of God to direct our lives, if we will seek for the truth of what God is saying, then we will never have our hands withered again. Here's my altar call, and we're going to baptize. You ready? I feel like there's some withered dreams in this place. And I've come to speak life to your destiny. Speak life to your destiny. You feel like you go one step up and not get two steps knocked down. One step forward, two steps back. Sometimes it feels like it's right there. It's, it's right there. And it slips away. That is the enemy stealing your fruit. But the Bible says that the Word of God will produce fruit and it will never wither. And I'm believing, as hard as I've had to work tonight, I'm believing that tonight God's going to restore your hand to dream again. And not just to dream, but to lay hold of that promise. Are you ready? Are you ready? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me, do, let me do this first. If you're in this place and you're not 100% sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. Listen to me. The word of God has been, been preached. Listen to me. We're standing right now between the living and the dead. No playing, no cutting up. Hear what I'm saying. The Bible says no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. The Spirit of God's drawing you right now. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm not trying to scare you at all. I'm preaching you the truth. If you're in this place and you died today and you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, today is your day. Young people, today is your day. Man, woman, today is your day. I'm gonna do this very quickly as the Spirit of God moves. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, I wanna be born again. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I recognize I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. When I say now, I want you to raise your hand all over the building. Pastor, I wanna be saved. Raise your hand right now all over the building. I see that hand, I see it. Raise it up high. I see it in the back, in the back. I see your hands. Raise them high. Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give Jesus my life. I see him, I see him, I see him. You got your hand raised. Look at me. Make eye contact with me, sir. I see you in the back, ma'am. Here, I see you, sir, right here. I see you, honey. Over here. You got your hand raised. Look at me, look at me. You got your hand raised. Look at me. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. Keep your hand up. Today's your greatest day. Listen, Jesus said, if you deny me before men on earth, I'll deny you before my Father. When you get born again, you want everybody to know, okay? We've got some important information we want to give you. We're going to do this very quickly. Everybody that made eye contact with me right now, get out of your seat. Come meet me right here at the front. Y'all give the Lord a hand, hand clap. Come on. You got your hand raised? Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. We got to move quick. Come on, come on, come on. Stand right here, stand right here. Come on, honey, come on. Don't let the enemy keep you back. This is your birthday. This is the greatest day of your life. Your sins are being forgiven. You are new. All things are passed away. All things 
Today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Are you, you're gonna take off to another room. Look at me. Look at me, Mama. Never be the same. He loves you so much. Today, your hand is gonna stretch forth, and you're gonna achieve things because you have a Savior that died for you. And greatness is your destiny. You hear me? Pastor Karen is going to take you. We're going to give get some information to you and from you. Okay? So turn around. See this lovely lady here? Y'all see her? Go with her real quick so she can get some information to you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good, Pastor. Pastor, are we ready to baptize? Do you want to do this? All right. If you are ready to be baptized, if you're ready to take the word and get it in the water, come quickly. Stand right here to my right and your left. Come quickly. Not, don't, don't hurt anybody. But these waters are about to be open. Pastor Marty, I know you probably can hear me. And, and Miss Monica and all of our Covenant Connections Church, over in this pool, I'm telling you, everybody that's baptized tonight, God's going to restore their hand to reach forth of what God has purposed for you. We thank the Lord. If you need prayer, if you want prayer tonight, prayer and altar workers, if you would come, stand to my left and you're right over here. Make sure that you get, if you receive prayer, that it's somebody with a badge on, prayer and altar worker badge. We want to pray with you. We believe God's going to touch you. He's going to do great things in your life. So we'll be able to pray for you right over here. I love you. God bless you.
Aren't you thankful that Jesus is a way maker? He's light in the darkness. We're so thankful for him. We're going to take a few moments. We're going to be transitioning here. There are many that have come and got their letters. They're getting ready to step in to the waters. They're going to be baptized tonight. And we're just believing the Lord's touch is going to be upon them, that God is going to meet them right at the point of their need. So we want to David, what a phenomenal word. I'm Todd Smith right here at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia, home of the North Georgia Revival. And we're getting ready to baptize people right behind us in just a few short minutes. But Pastor David, what an incredible now word to the body of Christ, the withered hand. Thank you for sharing truth and speaking directly to our hearts and not sugarcoating it. Tell me what you felt through the night. Well, I mean, I could feel the, the release of God. Uh, you know, I think we limit ourselves so much because of tradition, because of doctrine. Uh, you know, it's like the man that was at the pool of Bethesda. And, you know, the, the, they had a tradition that when the, an angel would come down and stir the water, the first one that jumped in or got put in would be healed. And that doesn't show the nature of God. Because everywhere Jesus went, you say it all the time, he healed them all. Yeah. And so when Jesus came, he healed the man. He did the miracle. And you know what, Pastor Todd, the Lord showed me the other day. He said, I healed him and never engaged in the tradition of man. Yeah. He never touched the, the water there. And so God's nature is to touch us, to heal us, to, to, to give us hands, to reach our destiny and our potential. And that's just what I felt today is that release. And I feel it now being yeah. released over your people. You know, guys, the presence of the Lord is so thick right here, right now. When you were preaching, it was like all of heaven leaned in mm. to the message because it is very rare to have this type of word preached in churches. And the reason is we're afraid of how our people would respond. Are they going to come back? Is it too harsh? But, man, you spoke with such love and brokenness that God just sanctioned it. He just validated it. And I could feel the very presence of God right now. Thank you, and I know he's moving here. And there's going to be incredible miracles, but he's moving in your life as well. So I just thank God for you. Here's what I'd like for you to do. We would like to know where you're viewing this telecast from, whether you're on Facebook, the ISN Network. I want you to go to my website, kingdomready.tv, kingdomready.tv, and send me an email. I take that very seriously, yeah. Pastor David. Yeah. I read every one of the emails. And I try to personally respond to them and let you guys know I'm praying. And when you send a prayer request, I stop at that very moment. It may be Monday or Tuesday when I get it. I stop and I pray. I want to know where you are. That helps me, lets me know what's going on and where you're being ministered to. And then your prayer request, because it not only matters to us, but it matters to God that you've taken the time to share that. So go to kingdomready.tv, and when you're there, at the very top, there's a red button. There's a red button that says, join the intercessory prayer team, the international prayer team. We need as many people, yes. we need thousands of people to join with us and to pray with us for services like tonight and what's happening around the world. 
Every week you'll get an email of where our North Georgia Revival team's traveling, where they're going to be baptizing, where they're going to be ministering. So please go there, join that. It's just a click and say, I want to be a part of that. Then come back out and send your email. So Pastor David, wow, what a word tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for letting me be a part. And I just want to say, you know, you're watching and, and there's something about being here. There's something about knowing the pastors and the leaders. And I just want to tell you and I want to express to you when pastor tells you that he prays for every email, every prayer request, he does. He can be on a plane. He can be traveling, and he prays for you. He, take, he lives revival. And it's so key to have men and women that will live revival for us. And so you're watching, and God's prompting you, listen, go to the website. Click in there. Become one of the intercessors Listen, we're foolish if we think that the enemy's just going to allow us to do what we do without, uh, you know, obstacles and without coming against it. We need you. We need you. We need your prayers. And so, uh, you know, it's just our honor. It's my honor to speak into your life, to speak into the life of the North Georgia Revival here at Christ Fellowship, and to be a part of what God's called Pastor Todd to do. And so I'm just excited. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Guys, you're thinking, well, I'm just one person, and I may be in Ireland, or I may be in Canada, or I may be in Nevada. You're thinking, well, I don't, there's no part that I can play. Pray. Join the intercessory prayer team. Again, go to kingdomready.tv. Join that team, and you'll get an email every week. It'll keep you connected. And I got extremely attacked at a church by witches, not physically, but I got physically sick they didn't attack me and harm me you know with uh, uh, persecution but there were 13 witches in a service then I went to another place there were eight witches in a service and they're cursing what God's wanting to do and it came against me physically I got physically sick for several days we were outflanked we weren't prepared then we put together this intercessory prayer team you can be a part this is a way to connect to the North Georgia revival uh, that's going on here in Dawsonville. So please, please make sure that you're a part of that. Pastor David, once again, uh, lead pastor at Covenant Connections Church in Flyer Branch, Georgia. Uh, that church is worth the drive. Make sure that you get there. What's your website so that people can go and, 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 and hear more sermons and follow you guys? Yeah, it's covenantconnectionschurch.com. And uh, you can go uh, we on, on to our um, YouTube page and uh, look up Covenant Connections Church, Flowery Branch, Georgia, and we have our own YouTube page. So you can go back and watch sermons and stuff like that. We have resources on our website. Um, the, my newest book that I, I just released a, a couple of months ago called The Prodigal Father. Um, you know, people, people say a lot of times that when I preach, I'm just so passionate. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it comes, e even today, tonight, Pastor, during worship, I had to just sit down because of the, the, the gravity and the, the realizing that I'm standing tonight between the living and the oh, dead. Yes. You need a miracle. You need to hear from God, not a man. You need to hear the word so your hand can be healed, so your potential can be there. And, and that weight was on me, and I sat down. And 
because I grew up without a father, I didn't know what it was like to have that embrace. I, I, I never heard from my dad, I love you. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. And tonight I sat down, and it's funny because we were singing a song about fear, telling fear goodbye, and fear came on me. And all of a sudden, the love of God just clothed me like a garment. And the Lord said, you are my son. I love you. And that book, The Prodigal Father, what, everything I say, everything I do comes from the pain that I, I experienced. But now, people like you can't, can't, don't have to experience it. Or if you are, there's hope. Because if I can make it, then you can make it. Yes. Because God's destiny for me is no more precious than his destiny is for you. And so we have resources on there like the prodigal father, um, the forming process, Joshua Generation, and a lot of other things like that. So covenantconnectionschurch.com. And uh, if you're in the area, Flowery Branch, Georgia, we would love to see you. And uh, we thank God for...